please stand with us and sing. And all of you is more than enough for all of me, for every thirst and every need, you satisfy me with your love, and all I have in you is more than enough. supply my breath of life still more awesome than I know you're my reward worth living for still more awesome than I know all of you is more than enough for all of me for every thirst and every need you satisfy me
from the Gospel of John, the fourth chapter. We are going to read the first 30 verses, and then we're going to jump to verse 39. So if you're at home, you can open up your Bibles to the Gospel of John, chapter 4. If you're here, it is page 971 in your pew Bibles. If you have a large print, it's in the New Testament, page 128. So we will read from from the Gospel of John, the fourth chapter. Now, last week we were in the Gospel of John, the third chapter, where Nicodemus visited Jesus in the middle of the night. And Jesus told Nicodemus that he needed to be born from above. He needed a spiritual rebirth. Well, now we're going to read about Jesus visiting with a woman of Samaria at the well, where again he speaks so profoundly, and again he gives another metaphor telling her that she can drink the water of life, so that that is another spiritual revival that she can have. So we're going to read from the Gospel of John, the fourth chapter. I think I'm ready to read some scripture this morning after all this chaos. I don't know about you. (laughs) So if you're ready to hear the word of the Lord, will you please say amen? Amen. Now, when Jesus had learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus is making and baptizing more disciples than John, although it was not Jesus himself, but his disciples who baptized, he left Judea and started back to Galilee. But he had to go through Samaria. And so he came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of the ground that Jacob had given to his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon, and a Samaritan woman came and drew water, and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food, and the Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews did not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you the living water. And then the woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get the living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us this well, and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? 
And Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give to them will never be thirsty. The water that I give will become and then the spirit of water gushing up to eternal life. And the woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Just like Nicodemus had taken what he said literally, the woman does exactly the same thing. And Jesus said to her, go and call your husband and come back. And the woman answered him, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you are right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. And the woman said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say the place where the people must worship is Jerusalem. And Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on the mountain nor in Jerusalem. You will worship what you do not know. We worship what we know for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such as as these to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in the spirit and in truth. And the woman said to him, I know the Messiah is coming who is called the Christ. And when he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. And Jesus said to her, I am am he the one who is speaking to you and just as then his disciples came and they were astonished that he was speaking to a woman but no one said what do you want or why are you speaking to her and then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city and she said to the people come and see the man who told me everything that i have ever done he cannot be the messiah can he And then they left the city, and they were on their way to him. Let's jump down to verse 39. Many Samaritans from that city believed in Jesus because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I have ever done. And so when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them. And he stayed there for two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe. For we have heard for ourselves and we know that this truly is the Savior of this world. The word of God for the people of God. I will never be the same again. I can never return. I've closed the door. I will walk the path. I will run the race and I be the same again. I will never be the same again. I can never return. I've closed the door. I will walk the path. I will run the race. And I will never be the same.
Let us learn something new today. We ask that you bless the words of our mouths and the thoughts of our minds, so that all that we do and all that we say can be holy and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. So I always say that whenever we see a woman in the Bible, we always need to pay attention. There's something special we can learn if a woman is named in the Bible. A lot of the times that a woman is named in the Bible, she's either really good and we can learn some wonderful lesson from her, or sometimes she's really bad and we can learn like Jezebel what not to do. This woman isn't necessarily really good or really bad. She's just a regular woman. She's just a woman who's maybe made some mistakes in her life. She's just a woman who's kind of messed things up from time to time. She's a woman who's just trying to make her way through life, and sometimes it feels like life is a little bit more broken than it should be. And we can learn so much from Jesus' interaction with this woman. So what we're going to do today is we're going to dive into this fourth chapter of the Gospel of John, a lot like we did last week with the third chapter of the Gospel of John. But of course, the fourth chapter of the Gospel of John isn't exactly short, is it? Out of all the chapters, the story, and here's the amazing thing, is that we know that there was so much more to this narrative, to this conversation that Jesus had with this woman at the well than what we have written down. There was a lot more to this conversation than what the Gospel of John gives us, and I wish that we had all the rest of the conversation, but we only have what we have. We only have what we know, and yet still that is so much. But I am going to give you a little heads up that I'm probably going to jump into this a little bit more at Bible study this week as we join together online for Bible study during the week if you want to learn more about this passage. But let's talk about this woman. Whenever we see a woman in the Bible, we need to pay attention. Who wants to tell me what her name is? We don't know. Don't you love that? A woman is named in the Bible. There's basically a whole entire chapter dedicated to her interaction with Jesus, and we don't know her name. Often a woman was referred to by so-and-so's wife as so-and-so's wife or or so-and-so's daughter. And so this woman, we have this whole entire chapter dedicated to her interaction with Jesus, and we don't even know her name. But she had a name. (laughs) 
there was a name that she was called. She had a name. So for the sake of today, I'm going to call her Donna because I hate just saying this woman. So uh, folks, meet Donna. Donna is the woman at the well. The reason I'm calling her Donna is because Donna means lady, and I thought that was just a nice name to give her. So today we're going to talk about Donna. Now, so Donna was a Samaritan, whereas Jesus was a Jew. So Jesus was Jewish. She was a Samaritan. And now the Samaritans and the Jews did not get along at all. They had not gotten along for centuries. That's why the parable about the Good Samaritan is so provocative. Because out of all people that Jesus was going to make the hero in the story, no one ever thought that Jesus would make the Samaritan the hero in the story. So that's why that is so provocative. But Donna is a Samaritan. Donna is also a woman, as we know. That's why we don't have her name in the Bible. <laughs> she's a woman. And so she's a woman, and we know that she went to go get water from the well, but she also talks to Jesus publicly. Now, here is some really interesting information, is that men didn't just go around talking to women publicly at this time. At this time, if you were a man and you saw a woman in public, you would just not talk to them. Talking would be for a private time. And if you were a rabbi, as Jesus was, if you were a rabbi, a teacher, then you were not supposed to talk to women in public at all. There were some rabbis who wouldn't even talk to their own wives or daughters when they were in public. Just imagine Trevor trying to get away with not talking to myself or Taylor. <laughs> that wouldn't get him too far. The two of us talk more than he and Walter combined, you know. But um, yeah, so the, the rabbis often wouldn't even talk to their wives or their daughters in public. They would tell them, you know, hold on until, until we get back home. And then here's the funniest thing. I just learned this yesterday when I was doing some studying. So the Pharisees were sometimes called the bumped and bruised Pharisees. And the reason why is hilarious. The reason why is because the Pharisees, when they'd see a woman in public, would sometimes, I'm sure not all the time, but they'd sometime, if a woman came close to them, they would close their eyes and they would continue to walk. It's even worse than walking while, uh, you know, texting on your cell phone. And so they were known to bump into inanimate objects or maybe other people. And so they were referred to as the bumped and bruised Pharisees. I think that is absolutely hilarious. But Jesus talks to this woman. Of course Jesus does. I mean, we know enough about Jesus to know that Jesus doesn't really care about these human barriers that we put up. Jesus doesn't care about these human social constructs that we create. Instead, Jesus sees each person as a human and as an individual. But let's talk more about Donna. So Donna is also a bit of an outcast. So see this picture right here? We have this picture of, of these wonderful women who are going to a well. That's often what would happen is women would go to a well in groups. It's something that they would do. They would grab their, their buckets and they would go to the well in groups. There's still women who do that today. They would take the journey on their, you know, not just on their own, but with their other sisters or friends, and it would, they'd make a day out of it. And if you were a woman who had to walk all that way with all that water, what time of the day would you go to the well? 
early in the morning? Are you going to go in the middle of the day at noon when the sun is scorching hot? And we know that Jesus is tired. He's famished. It's the reason that they're stopping at the well, because Jesus is ready to stop and to have a drink. So why would this woman go to a well alone, a well that's way off to the side? It's not a popular well to go to. It's, a, it's an important well with a lot of history to it, but it's not a well that a lot of women go to. And why would she go alone? And why would she go in the middle of the day in the scorching heat? Why would she do that? My guess is she's a bit of an outcast. She's also feeling super broken. I mean, Jesus tells us as he's having this conversation with her that she's had five husbands. We don't know why she has had five husbands. Maybe there's been a lot of brokenness in the marriage. Maybe her her father just gave her away to be married when she was still only, say, 12 years old. Maybe there were her husband just dismissed her. Maybe there was adultery. Who knows? We don't know what the situation is of this. But this woman has been married five times, and now here she is living with another man who is not her husband, and I guarantee you that she felt broken. I guarantee you that she felt like an outcast. The fact that she's alone, she feels like an outcast, she feels broken, and then Jesus goes to her when it's not socially normal for a man to talk to a woman. Jesus doesn't care because this is Jesus, and he has more courage in his little pinky than all of us combined. And so Jesus goes to the well, and he speaks to this woman, and when he talks to this woman, this woman who is broken, this woman who who feels like an outcast he starts talking to her and making her feel heard and making her feel worthy for maybe the first time in many many years he looks at her and he talks to her with compassion we know that Jesus has this way of doing this when he looks at somebody he doesn't just look at them and and make them feel judged like everybody else does I guarantee you that everyone else who looked at that woman looked at her and judged her They'd walk by, oh, there she is again. Oh, there is that little you-know-what. We've got all sorts of bad names for women, don't we, sometimes? There's that so-and-so, and and they look at her, and the other women don't want to associate with her, but Jesus looks at her, and he sees her, and he has compassion for her. And for the first time in her life, or at least for the first time in so many years, she feels seen. She feels heard. Let's talk about, about Jesus in this story. So Jesus, I, 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 even if Jesus wasn't the Messiah, I'd love him. But I love him, of course, even me because, more because he is the Messiah. But here's the thing. Brianna, will you hit the next slide for us? So uh, Jesus always takes his disciples straight through Samaria. This is something that we've learned, and I love it. So you've got this map right up here in the slides. And so it, Judea is down in the south. Galilee is up on the north. And a lot of times, whenever Jews were traveling to and fro, Judea and Galilee, they would go all the way over across the Jordan, and then they'd go up or down, whichever way they were going, and then they'd cross the Jordan again, instead of just going straight north and south through Samaria, where there was a viable path, and it was perfectly fine for them to go. But the reason that Jews would always take that path all the way around is because for centuries, there had been this hatred brewing between the Samaritans and the the Jews, so much hatred that had brewed. So of course, how does Jesus always take his disciples? He takes them straight through Samaria. It, 
this is just the one thing that we need. It doesn't happen just once. Here they're going Judea to Galilee. Another time they're going to come from Galilee down to Judea. And we have some instances recorded in the Bible, and I guarantee you there was even more. So every time that Jesus takes his disciples from Judea to Galilee or vice versa, he takes them straight through Samaria when every other Jew would just go all the way around because they wanted to avoid those Samaritans, those people. They wanted to avoid them. But Jesus, he takes them straight through. And he doesn't just walk through quickly and rapidly without engaging. But instead, Jesus stops and he has conversations and he engages. And if we don't think we're supposed to learn something from this, we're really wrong. Because what Jesus wants us to do is he wants us to learn to break down barriers of course, not right now during quarantine times. <laughs> I realize this. I'm like, in some ways, this is probably the worst sermon ever to preach when half, you know, half the world's probably soon going to be quarantined. So quarantine separation is good. Barriers for ridiculous human reasons are bad. We've got that, right? So when I talk about breaking down barriers, I don't mean putting an end to quarantines. Quarantines, if people are sick, good. Human barriers, bad. Let's think about some human barriers that we're so good at putting up. Think about, uh, you know, people who just say that one group is, is good, one group of people is good, and the other group of people is bad. Racism, I just heard it come up right there. One race is good, and the other race is bad. Yeah, all the other barriers that we put up when, when uh, Ted, I'm going to talk about it, one sports team is, is D1 and the other sports team, all those other people are just crazy. <laughs> but we always put up all of these human barriers that create us versus them. Us human beings are really, really good at putting up barriers and thinking that everything is black and white and, and creating all of these us and them barriers. Just wonder why there's so many people who started fighting over toilet paper in the grocery store or disinfectant. When suddenly it's an us versus them world, then, then we want to just battle with people. We start to hate people. We start to fight with other people. And that's what was happening is that there were there always, throughout all human time, humans are really good at creating barriers and, and creating us versus them and, and right versus wrong and pretending that the whole entire world is black and white. But you know what? The whole entire world isn't black and white. Everything isn't super easy to understand. There's a whole bunch of gray area in between. And we create all of these barriers and all of these barriers to divide, divide us. And do we get anywhere when we have a whole entire divided world? No, we get nowhere when all that we do is divide. But here, Jesus, in this whole entire chapter, he breaks down barriers. He talks to women when he's not supposed to. And this isn't the first time. The disciples, they go off to go get food, something that they never would have done in a Samaritan village before Jesus came. They go to go get food beforehand. They would have just kept walking that day's journey and they would have been hungry. Or realistically, they wouldn't have walked that way. They would have walked around. Jesus is all about breaking barriers so much that when the disciples get back from getting food they aren't even surprised that Jesus is talking to a woman they don't even say anything because they realize that this is just how Jesus is this is what Jesus does they're not even surprised when he says okay time to go back to Galilee let's head straight through Samaria they realize that Jesus is all about breaking down barriers and we've been reading this story for the for the past almost 2,000 years, and yet us humans are really good at putting up barriers, aren't we? 
We're really good at putting up things that divide. We're really good at doing this, but instead we're not supposed to divide. We're supposed to love. We're supposed to drink from that water of life, that water of salvation, that water that gives us that spiritual revival to, re- that spiritual revival to realize that we're all brothers and sisters. <laughs> no matter what we've gone through, no matter who we are, we are all brothers and sisters. I started thinking that I think that Carrie Underwood actually has it better, that it has this all figured out a lot better than half of the preachers in the world. Raise your hand if you've ever heard the song Love Wins by Carrie Underwood. Not as many people as I thought. Okay, guys, you've got to go home. I'll, I'll play a little snippet. Don't worry, I always come, come prepared. Just listen to this here. That Carrie Underwood, she can sing. Put it in the micro- microphone. I don't know if you can hear that, but she's saying, I believe that we're all sisters and brothers. I believe that we can walk hand in hand, although don't do that right now, coronavirus. (laughs) I believe that we're all sisters and brothers. I believe we're made to be here for each other and we'll never fall if we walk hand in hand, put a world that seems broken together again. I believe that in the end, love wins. It's no surprise that, of course, Carrie Underwood is a Christian, but man, listen to that. That preaches better than any sermon I've ever preached before. That song is better than probably any sermon I have ever heard because Jesus is all about breaking down barriers of judgment. Jesus is all about breaking down barriers that divide. Jesus all is all about breaking down barriers and restoring salvation. And just think when we see each other as brothers and sisters, when, when we see each other not as foes but as friends and as family, when we start to be here for each other, then we can put a broken world back together again. Because in the end, love wins. Jesus and this woman at this well, this woman who I've named Donna, Jesus and Donna here, they understand that when they see each other and when they break down these barriers, love wins. Donna is restored when she interacts with Jesus. Her spirit is restored. Her brokenness is restored. She has the courage to go back and to interact with other people again. She is restored because of Jesus, and we are restored when we break down barriers. I pay attention to those last few verses, and we'll, we'll look at it again throughout Bible study this week. But pay attention to those last few verses that we read when we jump down to verse 39. When that happened, just think about it. All of the people came back to Jesus, and they asked him to stay for a little while. The people of Samaria asked Jesus, a Jewish rabbi, to stay for a while and to teach them. If that's not restoration, I don't know what is. Let's join in a moment of prayer. Good and gracious God, we thank you for allowing us to be here one way or the other. We thank you for 
always reminding us that we can change for the better. Teach us to break down barriers. Teach us to break down not just the barriers in the world, but also the barriers in our own lives. Teach us to be more like Jesus and to restore faith and love. Bless us all in this time. Bless us as we gather here in person or in spirit. And together we pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Everyone needs compassion, love that's never failing. Let mercy fall on me. Everyone needs forgiveness, the kindness of a Savior, the hope of You find me, all my fears and failures, fill my life again, I give my life to follow, everything I believe in, now I surrender, Savior, he can move the mountains, my God is mighty to save, he is mighty to save. Forever, author of salvation, heroes and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Jesus, shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. 
we did it. We managed our first both online and in-person worship service. Let's see how it went. Uh, but now go forth with the blessing of God. Go forth with the love of Christ in your heart. Go forth, be blessed, and be a blessing to all.